Ready? <laughs> yeah. Yo, yo, yo! <laughs> Welcome to the Playing Dirty Podcast. This is episode five with Katie, and this is my co-host, Megan. Hello. We have a lot lined up for today's episode, and one big topic we are going to touch on today is the Live Golf and PGA Tour merger, which is huge news in the golf world, and we're really excited to talk about it. Yeah. Besides that, it's been a really dramatic week in sports um, all across the board, a lot of things happening, so um, I'm excited to tell everyone what's happened. Yeah, it definitely has been... A big couple weeks. Um, obviously, NBA Finals are happening. NHL Stanley Cup is happening, um, among a ton of other different sports events. So, um, why don't we just hop right into our updates, and then we can get into the meat of the episode. All right. So we're recording on Sunday morning. So uh, Novak Djokovic has just won the French Open not 15 minutes ago. Um, he beat Casper Rudd. Um, Novak is pretty unstoppable, so it's not surprising. Uh, I'm just waiting for the day that someone else wins. Yeah, I know. Seriously, like I feel like I've heard Tom, this game forever. Tom Brady was in his box, mm-hmm. was sitting next to his wife, uh, filming, filming the winning point. So, who knew um, Tom Brady to was a tennis fan? I mean, get to go to France. That's true. That's true. Uh, Speaking of France, the 24-hour Le Mans race um, was just finished up this weekend. So Ferrari won, which is, uh, I guess, shocking to the Ferrari racing world. (laughs) Um, I guess a lot of the money has been diverted out of F1 into some other region of Ferrari racing. And so um, Alessandro, Pierre Guidi, James Collado, and Antonio Giovinazzi uh, were the three drivers that won for Ferrari. So um, for the F1 fans, um, Charles Leclerc was there um, watching them win. But um, hopefully from a Formula One standpoint, Ferrari gets its shit together. (laughs) And if you are interested in more F1 content, check out our episode four. Uh, We get into the differences between F1 and IndyCar, which... Happened last month, so if you're interested, uh, take a listen. Um, In other news, yesterday was the Belmont Stakes, which is another leg of the Triple Crown. And I recently learned that it's actually the longest race in the Triple Crown. It's a mile and a half, which these poor horses, I mean, it seems like a tough one. But ultimately, the horse named Archangelo won. And I guess there's been some controversy around... His win versus a couple other horses. Um, but yes, that race is held in New York, actually, which... Oh, really? Also, I know, which is also something that I learned. Um, I thought all the races were more in southern states, but yeah, this one's in Belmont Park, New York. That's cool. On a really <laughs> dramatic front, uh, if you guys are on Twitter or I guess any social media, you've seen that Zion has gotten himself into a bit of a pickle. Pelican star Zion Williamson. <laughs> um, so there's some baby mama drama <laughs> happening. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I don't, I don't know who's who exactly in this 
this uh, soap opera, but um, <laughs> Zion has been being a young 20-something-year-old, um, and he's having a baby um, with a woman, and some other women have came out and said that uh, he also has been with them, and so... Um, watching this all play out is not great for Zion, not great for the Pelicans. Yeah. So. I I feel like he, I mean, what's true and not, what is true and what is not true? Like, I don't know, obviously we're removed from it, but having people come out on Twitter, basically like come after him and threaten him and like expose him. There's been a lot. I can't imagine, like, your personal messages getting posted on the internet like that. And the messages were, so some of the messages were Snapchat messages that they had taken pictures of from another phone, like, not saved in chat and whatever, which also seems very, like, childish. Um, Yeah. Not to say- Once you're out of college, you should just delete Snapchat. Exactly. Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I feel like Snapchat is one of those social media platforms that- is very like hyped up in high school. And then that was my first permanently deleted uh, social media app. Good for you. Yeah. Thank you. I'm still hanging on to Twitter because it's brings me some enjoyment, but that would probably be the first one to go. I'm back on Twitter because of our pods page. Mm -hmm. Um, and I've only follow sports people on it. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's a good way to like get the news. But when I had Twitter personally, I, did not enjoy it. Oh, really? It's a deep, dark place. <laughs> I There's, like, there's some comedy on there. That's why, I like, yeah. But, um, yeah. But the stuff with Zion, I think, has been really crazy. Actually, the girlfriend, like, Zion's girlfriend, his baby mama, is getting a lot of, like, threats as well. And, like, her family mm. is starting to get involved. And, like, because there's these women coming out, like, I don't know what you do in that situation. Right. You're literally having a baby with someone and then all of a sudden you're hearing this and, you know, Zion's having to like deal with the pushback and from both sides. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. I think that is a um, tough situation for all parties. But hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't um, affect his basketball game, although I don't think the Pelicans are slotted to do well next year. So... <laughs> Um, On the other NBA side of things, um, just in my world specifically, the Phoenix Suns have had the most drama Mm. um, outside of the finals going on. They, you know, as we talked about a a couple episodes ago, they fired Monty, Mm -hmm. um, which everyone I think was really upset about. They hired a new coach, Frank Vogel. I don't know anything about him. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so I'm excited to see what happens, but it feels like the whole environment of the Suns is turning over. So it could either go really bad or really good. They released Chris Paul, which I was shocked to see, but I feel like they're making room for a Kevin Durant, Devin Booker finals run. Yeah. Yeah. In the new season. So hopefully they can get a lot of good people to support them in that. Um, and hopefully, I don't know, hopefully I'll make it out to a game next season. Yeah. No, I I think they're going to be good. I am surprised about the Chris Paul point. And I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like some of it has to do with the fact that he was thinking about retiring and he decided not to. And you can't have too many big personalities on a team. Like, sure. yeah, you dominate in the regular season when it comes to the finals. It's like everyone's ego getting 
gets involved and like they want to be the person that is the MVP of the finals. And it's just not like a, a sure way to work together to win. And there's a payroll component, I think, too. I mean, I'm sure they're not shorting or they weren't shorting Chris Paul on pay. So for sure. Um, the NBA, I don't know if you have been watching the NBA finals, but they've actually been pretty exciting. Um, I Here and there. Yeah. It's just Denver feels so unbeatable. I don't know if I'm like. I was excited there for a minute yeah. because when the Heat came back and won that won that game, but Ever since then, it's just kind of like when the the lead starts getting up to like 15 points, I've checked out. No, I get that. And I'm pulling for the heat. And in some ways, like it would be cool to see Denver win because they've never made it this far. And I feel like they're kind of an underdog. Um, But actually, I have been in Colorado for a lot of this final series. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Ryan and I went out to like a college bar in Fort Collins the other night yeah. to like watch the game. And it's this bar that we've gone to a few times and it's never been like that crowded. Like it's just kind of college kids, you know, like kind of like Rockies yeah. and Westwood. And we pulled up at like, I don't know, 10 minutes after the game started, we couldn't find a seat. We were standing watching the game. Like the bar, the tables, there's pool tables in the back. We were standing the entire time, like just drinking. Was it fun though? It was super fun. It reminded me of being back in college and being like, oh, like being excited and like rallying around something. Yeah. And no one else is rooting for the Nuggets except people in Colorado. (laughs) So like, it was cool to see people like actually excited. Like after every single point, whether it was like a free throw or whatever, like people would like get really hyped. So it was fun. It was super fun. And it's good to see that at least like fans yeah. getting excited. Um, but I think they go back to Denver. They've been in Miami and they go back to Denver for game five, right? Yeah. Uh, five. Okay. Um, not to throw in a tangent, but how was the Larry June concert? Oh, thanks for asking. <laughs> yeah, that was lot. Do you like Larry June? I like Larry June because of you. Yeah. Okay. So, so he was in Denver. That's where we saw him. Right. And I remember a few years ago, I showed you a song by him where he says Megan in it. Yeah. And so all the time. That's so cute. And so last night it was a really hype concert. Like he's a rapper. Some of his songs, he's from the Bay. Some of his songs are like a little bit old school and slower Uh rap. And I, I like him a lot. And then some songs are like more hype. So it was like way more exciting than I thought it was going to be. And the production was like really great. Um, and then when he started playing that song and he said, Megan, I was thinking of you. I was like, oh my God, I got to tell her. Um, but it was great. No, the venue was a small, uh, it's called the Summit in Denver. And they sell uh-huh. like pizza by the slice. There was like drinks. Um, there was only probably under a thousand people there. And it was standing room oh, only. Wow. Standing, oh, wow. room, standing room only. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't have fared well. Uh, but yeah, no, there was a good amount of people there and it was, it was really cool. Thank you for asking. Yeah, it was fun. Oh, I'm so happy you went. Yeah, it was cool. And Denver is like kind of underrated, I think in some regards. Where this venue was is adjacent to Coors Field. So you can basically, oh, yeah. you know, and so there was the Rockies were playing the Padres like this weekend, they're playing the Padres. We had just gone to a Rockies game last week. 
And so we were walking up and down this strip and there's bars and there's restaurants. If anyone listening is in Denver or like lives in Colorado, I think definitely like check out that area. Cause I didn't even know. My mom's best friend who, uh, my middle name I'm named after, mm-hmm. um, she and her husband live in Denver and they run like a scooter tour company where they'll take you all around downtown Denver. Wow. So we've been a couple times with them and I, I love Denver. Yeah. It's great. It's cool. It's They have this like whole section of the city that's like graffiti art and it's like sanctioned and it like changes all the time. And like we just to walk through that was super cool. Yeah. It's very artsy. It's again, like I feel like it's kind of underrated and there's not that many people. It's not that crowded for a city. Did you ever, when you played club volleyball, go play the Denver tournament? That was like the mile high tournament or whatever. No, but we went to Arizona. Ugh. Did you go to Denver? Yeah, that was like my one big travel moment. I remember we got there and it was snowing and we had to go out for a run in the snow to like acclimate to the elevation. Oh God. Yeah, we were like running through the streets, (laughs) trying not to slip on the ice. Jet lag and the elevation, that could not have been fun and cold. (laughs) Yeah, no. No, but that was right in the, it was in the convention center, like right in downtown. Oh, cool. Another big final series happening is the Stanley Cup with the Las Vegas Knights and the Florida Panthers. I've been kind of following that. I don't know if if you have, but I think the Vegas Knights are up three to one as of yesterday. Yeah, just watching through social media, um, there's like this crazy save from the one of the early games mm-hmm. where like the goalie saved the puck. It was like literally like the tip of his. Um, stick. stick. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I, that same bar where Ryan and I had gone for the NBA finals. Yeah. We had gone earlier in the week for the hockey games or whatever. And I forget how violent hockey is. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> they do not care. They hit each other, like whether they have the puck or not. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's, but it's cool. It's a very unique sport. I think we were talking about how hockey culture is like, different than anything else like it kind of reminds me of lax bro culture but on ice and it's very obviously like very canadian um but i think it's very unique it's cool yeah for sure um so i guess one of the biggest things that happened this week in the sports world um that's gonna shake a lot of things up is that um messi has been picked up by inter miami for major league soccer um I don't, I don't know if people really saw that coming. Yeah. But he's making an insane deal out of this. Um, his contract includes uh, future ownership deals, revenue from Apple TV's uh, Major League Soccer preseason pass streaming service. Wow. Um, and I it's some other things, but really just kind of a sweet deal for him and um i saw like later on there's a couple other people coming to join the team too but Mm -hmm. um tickets sold out like super super fast yeah and now they're reselling for up to like three thousand dollars ticket oh my goodness miami's excited miami's excited and i don't know how popular major league soccer actually is in the United States. I know soccer is like the most popular sport in the world, but mm-hmm. within the US, you know, like 
it's just not like a huge player and I feel like this might like bring a lot more popularity to it here and just you know drive up that industry yeah no totally and I don't follow professional soccer but I know who Messi is so <laughs> I'm wondering why do you know like why he came is it money um money I think his future is kind of baked into it like future mm. ownership of teams mm -hmm. and just like future revenue and can't really argue with Miami. Oh, I'm sure he will be very um, excited to go. To my knowledge, David Beckham is one of the owners of that team. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I know. It's exciting to see like old players move into ownership too. So it's not just uh, C old white Cylinder, men. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's awesome. So on the college front, the for baseball the college world series has been happening and you know what the most exciting series is ha that's going on is what the oral roberts versus oregon series no <laughs> shout out to our friends who uh went to oregon scud um, the first game oregon came back from the like largest deficit in history of like the super regionals mm -hmm. to beat oral roberts and Last night, two nights ago, Oral Roberts hit a walk-off and won. Oh, so now my. the series is tied 1-1. <laughs> and it's, like, just back and forth, these, like, crazy plays, high scoring. Nice. And it was, like, 8-something, 9-something. Oh, wow. Um, but for the other matches, um, the teams that have moved on to Omaha are Florida and TCU. Mm -hmm. um, also, shout out to TCU. 99% um, of my high school went to TCU. So, <laughs> Tucson's a proxy TCU fan. Um, but they also, Arizona lost to TCU, so boo. Mm -hmm. um, Wake Forest is up on Alabama. Texas is up on Stanford. Uh, Virginia and Duke are tied. Mm -hmm. LSU is up on Kentucky. Um Tennessee and Southern Miss are actually playing right now. Mm. Um, and that's it. Wow. That we'll sounds exciting. Who, uh, it's moving on. I'll, I'll pull for Oregon. I'll pull for any Pac-12 team because I don't know if we'll get to it today or not, but the Pac-12 is imploding. So yeah. we'll cherish the Pac-12 while it's still here. Truly. Yeah. Um, on the flip side, college softball that world oh my god insane it's over oklahoma oklahoma won. yeah those girls are crazy insanely amazing yeah that was a really cool uh world series watch yeah jordy ball is the most outstanding player um and i don't know just watching their press conferences too um they just seemed rooted and grounded and smart and talented and uh, it was very cool to see um young women like us just get up there and just dominate yeah and they're very driven i feel like like just like no bullshit kind of like yeah. we're getting this done yeah i totally agree that that was a really fun one to watch and i hope that momentum for softball is continued i think after this there's definitely been more appreciation more exposure for the girls and like i think the women in the sport are actually owning it too. And so 
hopefully that momentum continues. Absolutely. Going to um, the Women's College World Series is like on my bucket list of things to do. Really? Yeah. My mom was a big softball player growing up and my grandpa was a, or I guess still is a huge softball fan. They were heartbroken when I left softball. Why? Um, Why did you? My mom was my assistant coach. Uh, Didn't work. (laughs) Didn't work. (laughs) I don't think parents should be coaches. Really? No. Hot take. Hot take. Just because um, there's so much emotion in it. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard. Just like if your parent was like your teacher in school, it's really hard to like see them in a different light. That's not this is my mom or this is my dad. That's fair. Um, So you're seeking the same validation from them as you do in your normal life. And like, you're not getting it in the same way. Um, That's fair. When I left softball, I was younger and I was playing like three years up. Oh, wow. um, With the girls in my brother's grade. So he's three years older than me. Okay. Baller. mm, Thank you. Mm. I didn't actually play. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I was a, I was a catcher, but, um, It just got, like, way too competitive for, I don't know what I was at the time, 14. With, you're playing with... 13 or 14, and they were maybe 16. Wow. Yeah, that's intense. I could have that completely wrong. I mean... Maybe I was, like, they were 13, and I was, like, 10. Three years is a big difference, though. Especially, like, growing. Like, I was just, like little and young and had no idea that like girls could be so mean <laughs> yeah especially at that age junior high age yeah. yeah um wow interesting take on the parent coaches so my dad coached me in every sport up until I was like 11 years old which was awesome for me I loved it what sports basketball basketball soccer it started with soccer mm. when we were young and then Basketball was the second sport I picked up. And then it was volleyball on, like, the grass, you know? Yeah. Um, And then what else? I think the only sport that he didn't coach uh, for us, like, Allison, Jack, and I, was track and field. Like, Allison, Mm. I I don't know how he would coach us in that. Uh, But when Allison did track and field when she was, like, a little baby, uh, he didn't coach. But he coached Jack in baseball and uh, flag football and uh funnily enough my parents were really like anti-tackle football for jack so my dad is like holding on to that coaching flag for as long as he could um i'm trying to remember i have very fond memories of my dad coaching me um because it was something that we could like connect on and you know my dad like he he even when he gets frustrated he doesn't yell he's very like calm and composed um, but I don't think there was any, at least from my perspective, I don't think there was any bias towards me as his kid. Like if anything, he went the other way and he would like, no, yeah, home. they all, I feel like they always go the other way. Yeah. Like, it just becomes a lot harder to, ha- they, uh, yeah, I'm sure your parent knows what you're capable of. And so they see you as like a very talented individual. Right. And if you're not hitting that caliber like getting better it just like makes it worse no it does it does and I remember like I think when I was playing soccer growing up it was like before I got really competitive with it it was like AYSO right and then there's like this period of time did you guys have AYSO do you know what I'm talking about 
I never played soccer as a kid. Um, so, yeah, there's a kid's soccer league okay. in Arizona. Same, literal, <laughs> same thing. And there's, like, this line when you get to, like, I feel like when you're, like, 10 or maybe 9, where you kind of start seeing girls get better than the other girls. Like, mm-hmm. who's athletic and who's not? And I didn't stay, stick with soccer. Like, I chose basketball and volleyball. Um yeah. But soccer was always, like, my medium sport. Like, I wasn't super good, but I wasn't bad. And yeah. I think my dad knew that. At least while I was, like, getting older. I was athletic enough to, like, compete. But my dad, like, understood as the coach, I wasn't the star. I wasn't always the star player. Right. I'm sad to say. But um, <laughs> I have really fond memories, and I'm really thankful for my dad doing that and that was obviously really great in my development and my relationship with him. Yeah. But I think it depends too, if your parent is the type of parent to like be very critical of you. Um, my parents were always very, if you are trying your best, putting all of your effort into it, then that's all you can do. Like if you're bad, they didn't say this, but if you're bad, you're bad. Like, yeah, I don't really, you know, not everyone's right. good at everything. Um, so the only times that my parents got on me about sports uh at some point like like with volleyball for example you outgrow their knowledge of the sport right. so yeah. they they you know they can't really like critique you but in the times where they felt like I was slacking off and kind of like being lazy that's when they would get like really critical of me and I think that's really fair like they were never hard on me about my performance or the technicalities of it but I mean, that's definitely a lesson I walked away with was like, you have to put your effort into it or else what's the point? Yeah, for sure. So for all the golf fans out there, uh, there's been some huge news. Uh, There was some drama last year about the PGA Tour and Live Golf. Live Golf was a new, basically, golf league that was uh backed by the public investment fund in Saudi Arabia and it basically debuted in June of 2022 so last summer and there was a ton of controversy right because there was some issues with where the money was coming from and like the US versus Saudi relationship historically um ultimately live golf paid PGA Tour players to come play for Live, and these payouts were insane, right? Like huge names: Phil Mickelson, Brooks Kepka, DJ, like hundreds of millions of dollars to be like, "Hey, like come play for us. We're starting this league." Um, that was under the condition of a lot of exclusivity rules and different types of play. So. Obviously, the PGA Tour, and and feel free to interrupt me, Megan, if you like have heard something different, but the PGA Tour is like the most entrenched professional golf league, and it's, um, I think... What do you mean by entrenched? It's been around for a long time. Oh, it's something, yeah. you know, it's very prestigious, I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. So having some sort of... Compet- it's never really been challenged, right? Like having some sort of like new... A competitor come in and kind of like take players and take market share from PGA was like a really big deal. Um, But I think amidst the controversy, right, there were very clear differences between 
Liv and the PGA that kind of made the difference in why maybe some players would switch versus others. So right off the bat, it's money. I mean, I don't think Phil Mickelson would have sacrificed his history with the PGA unless he was being paid $200 million. Um, But there's also rule differences. The tournaments are run differently, different courses, different TV contracts. So... For... You know, Liv came to Tucson. I didn't know that. Uh, this year, um, it was the same weekend as Taylor Swift. Oh wow! Yeah, I know that they've been playing town. on like the courses. Obviously, are very like they've had to find kind of random, more random courses. Like they mm-hmm. played, in, they played in Oklahoma, like this random one, or like Nebraska or something. Um, yeah, I mean it's a very different play. What would you what would you say like the biggest differences between um uh, like controversy side just like live golf to PGA? Right. So the PGA there's a dress code. The there's cuts in different rounds of a tournament. So there's usually four right. rounds. Cuts happen halfway, so like after the second round. Mm-hmm. Um Starts are conducted typically in staggered time. So everyone's technically starting at the same point, right? Right. Um, And then it's all individual play. There's no teams. Right. This is, I think that's probably one of the biggest differences with Liv is there's teams. um, There's 48 players. And then there's a snake draft for um, team play, which I think is actually really interesting and, and switches up the tradition of like individual golf play. Um, I don't know if that's ever been done before. Um, typically there's three rounds, so it's played over three days. And because there's a team play and there's a draft, like there's no cuts. So everyone Mm -hmm. plays, all the 48 players play. And interesting, interestingly enough, all the players get paid out, even if they lose. And I think that's very different than PGA because PGA you make a lot of money if you win or if you're second or whatever, but like if you don't make the cut, you're not winning any money. And if you lose, like you're just not getting any money. And so the payouts for these like huge live golf tournaments were massive and big Mm -hmm. enough where the last place player even got paid like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I think just the structure between the two are, are very different. Um, and I don't know necessarily if it's refreshing for golf fans. I don't know. I know that I'm sure people were upset, uh, seeing people leave the PGA tour cause they can't, the rule was prior to what we're going to get into with this merger, uh, they can't go back. They can't play for the PGA. They can't be affiliated. Right. That makes sense. Conflict of interest. Right. Um, but you still had players coming back from live to compete in the, the big championships, right? So you could still qualify for like the masters and things like that. Um, but you weren't on the PGA tour itself. Right. And I, I could be wrong about that, but um, we've seen some of the live guys come back here and there and play in some of like the most well-known golf tournaments. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on the original like live coming up? Obviously, there's the ethical issues of where this money's coming from and um, some of the government and politics involved. Um, 
which I, I, there's no way to spin it as, as positive in in my head. Um, it's a shame that that is the situation, I think. Um, but you have this unlimited source of money and then you're going to these men and you're guaranteeing a salary, Mm -hmm. I think kind of changes the game. And so it it allows for them to have that stability, but like not just like normal stability, like unmarked millions of dollars stability um, right. to their to their life. And I think it removes a lot of that pressure of you have to win consistently, like week after week, just to like pay, get your salary payout. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have a bad round and you don't make the cut, like there's nothing. Right. Like you're losing money on that transaction. So that's a really hard way, I think, for a professional athlete to, to go about um, playing a sport. Um, and I know that there's a set amount of PGA Tour cards that are allowed every year. And like for a rookie, when you get your PGA Tour card, you have to make a certain amount of money, which mm-hmm. equates to a certain like quality of, of wins across the season to retain that, that tour card. And if you don't, you lose it. Mm, interesting so it's like it's weird that this is like a very money driven there's just too many people that want to be on the pga tour i think for it to function so it like can take advantage of players in that way where Mm. it's like okay like we're gonna give out 120 something cards um like fight it out and like may the best player win yeah i think it's a good thing for them to have financial security in that and i think it's beneficial to the sport to create like a better environment where it's like there's music and it's not as strict and it's you know a little more like fun Mm -hmm. um rather than like elitist which is just Mm -hmm. like totally when too much money is involved it can get that way but um ethically at the end of the day it's just a big problem i completely agree I think, and I think that's why a lot of players were also upset originally and like the PGA commissioner, like everyone when Liv kind of came up was like, this is not okay. Um, I read that there's sort of this concept called sports washing mm-hmm. where Saudi, like bankrolled Saudi programs in sports are, you know, used as a cover kind of for what's going on in the background because there's always going to be sports fans and if there's money poured into it like people are going to watch but you know it's this idea that we're like ethically like you said this is really shady and it's not necessarily okay and using sports as a I don't know like a facade almost is uh I'm sure that a lot of players were very, I would hope, morally challenged when they took money. Um, yeah. And I, 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 some part of me, like, wants to give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, what would you choose? Right. Right. Like, that's a really hard thing. And I think, like, for the players, it's one thing, but it needs to be bigger than that. Like, mm-hmm. the conversation needs to not just, like, put the blame on all the individual players who took mm-hmm. the money. Mm-hmm. Because... A lot of the people that I think are criticizing them for like leaving would probably also take the money. 
And like, you don't quite know the decision that you would actually make unless you were in those shoes. And so it's like the conversation of like the ethical issues needs to be like even bigger than that. Totally. Someone who has spoken out on the PGA Tour's behalf and on his own behalf is Rory Rory McIlroy, who I loved watching when I was younger. And I I actually really like him as a golfer. Um, He said in an an interview, he wasn't offered any money by Live Golf. And so Mm -hmm. he wasn't necessarily put in the position where he had to decide. Um, But he was being kind of pressed on his thoughts about this merger and, you know, where he stands. Um, and he was really upset. And he, he says that he felt like he felt like a sacrificial lamb, um, Mm -hmm. given that he was standing up for the PGA and standing behind like the values and the history. Um, and ultimately like feels like he got the shaft now that the merger is happening. Um, I think that's completely valid. And he was very eloquent when he said it. Um, but he did say as well, like he thinks this union and kind of this like development of how professional golf is playing out is good for the game of golf. Like you said, I mean, yeah. you want to see people get paid for their hard work and you want to see the sport progress. Um, but he says he still hates live golf and, and this new merger, this new idea of it is not what he hates, but like the original product of live, like he was not okay with I think at some point, though, you, like, reach a wall on, like, okay, you want to uphold, like, these PGA Tour values or whatever those things may be, but the history of golf is yeah, super sexist and yeah, um, elitist in the sense, like, golf is a really, really expensive sport. It's really hard for kids to get into golf and, like, have the opportunity to go and play golf because it is so expensive to do as are a number of other sports that kids may want to go play, but Mm -hmm. um, you still have men's only courses, you know, women weren't allowed into a lot of the big courses in the United States, right. At the very least until recently. And so it's like, if you want to like claim moral high ground as the PGA tour, like there's a lot of other things as like golf is a sport that you need to go and recognize that are issues that's like this big men's club that you're trying to yep. defend. Yep. hundred percent. So it's like at some point you do need to step back and say like, okay, the PGA is what it is in the sense of, um, you know, there's these cards and these money and these mm-hmm. courses and it's very like frou-frou and fancy and like professional and quiet and like poised. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of like negativity that made it that way historically. Right. So it's like, yeah, the PGA like is this like big men's club that you think is like all grand, but you need to realize that there are changes that need to happen just within the PGA itself. Like you can't just hold the PGA as like the standard yeah. of what golf should be. Totally. No, that is so super fair. And like, as you're kind of talking about that, it reminds me of the conversation we had about um, the Churchill Downs race, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. horse racing as a sport is very expensive. It's very, like, rooted in these, like, um, old Southern values and yeah. very kind of elitist. And it's the same. Um, I, you can't compare the two directly, but it, it gives me kind of, like, rings of the same idea where this is a sport that 
requires a lot of money. It requires some sort of like, I don't, I don't want to say like, um, not nepotism, but like there's certain people who are allowed to be good at it. Um, yeah. Historically. Yeah. And, um, I totally get what you're saying. I think that's a good point. Like the PGA does have accountability to take as well as every, you know, every sport has their, their challenges, but, um, I definitely agree. And I think <laughs> what has happened in the past week is this merger. Um, and I'll kind of clarify the details of it in a second. Um, this has brought up once again, all of this like controversy and kind of anger between players. Um, ultimately what it is, is PGA tour DP world tour, which is PGA European and then live are coming together as this one entity. Um, and there's going to be a new parent company with these operating companies underneath. So like PGA USA, PGA Euro, Live. Mm. But what I found interesting was Jay Monaghan, I want to say. He's the CEO of this new parent company. Um, he was originally like the PGA commissioner. Right. He's now the CEO. And then Yasir, who is the governor of PIF, Public Investment Fund, from the Saudi side, yeah. um, who bankrolled Live, he's the um, chairman of this new mm. entity. So that brings up a whole other like can of worms where now these two entities, or three, I guess, are very directly intermixed. Yeah. Uh, so what the rules are going to look like and... I don't know if the operating companies will be kept separate. So like rules will be the same. Ultimately, like money's going to the same place and coming from the same place. So there is like a very big ethical concern, at least from my standpoint, like what is, what does that look like? Yeah. Can you detail what the actual um, merger is going to look like? Like sure. what's happening with the money side? How are players getting reimbursed now? Like, have they figured any of that out? I haven't seen any like broader details than this like parent company operating company model. Yeah. Um, I don't know necessarily like what the contractual obligations look like. It sounds like hearing from uh, like John John Rom and Rory and Bryson DeChambeau, which he made like a kind of out of pocket comment about this whole thing. Um, mm -hmm. that contracts are live contracts are going to be, um, upheld. So mm -hmm. those players are going to get their money. It sounds like, um, but I think the details are like yet to play out because the announcement is one thing, but then there's a lot of like logistics that have to go into this. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Jay, the commissioner of the PGA and now the CEO is, getting a lot of hate, like being like, you're such a hypocrite. Like originally you were, oh, sl yeah. you were slandering yeah. Liv and uh, now you're just on board. And uh, so at the end of the day, do you think that this will benefit golf as a sport in the sense of it's going to change the rules, change how the sport's played? Or do you think it's negative in the sense that now basically all of professional golf is being money rolled by mm. a government that really hurt the United States? 
I, I think it's both. I think it's good for the game of golf in the sense that hopefully they'll, there will be more access to tournaments and playtime and, and money for these like players who have trained their entire lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you obviously cannot ignore the fact that where this money is coming from is really not okay. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I truly don't know. And I don't know the individuals that made this decision, if they were thinking about the future of golf more than like basically giving some, a country who was basically public enemy number one at one point, a way to pay players. Like I, I think, I think it's a loaded question. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know. I think it begs like the deeper philosophical question of does sports transcend the ethical issues that are coming about with it? You know, like you watch people do not so great things like athletes or you watch these big sports um, corporations have these practices that we don't agree with but the power of the entertainment of sports mm -hmm. is so strong there's a lot of things that get um written off as like okay yeah or we're just not going to look at it or we're not going to talk about it because people are so drawn to whatever sport that they're passionate about and i i don't think that's a great thing to be doing, but I don't yeah. know what the solution to it is. Right. I totally Like, what agree. would get you to stop watching your favorite sport, you know? And I don't think right. it's, a, it's a lot, you know? Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I don't know. I think... And I, maybe I'm wrong, because we were kids when, like, a lot of the terrorism stuff was happening, and, you know, like, we were so young... But I do think a lot of that is kind of far removed and people forget like what like what really happened. There was such a rally in America around like taking care of each other and, you know, having this pride in our country and protecting and, you know, mm -hmm. I... I don't know if that's just far removed. I don't know how people like the general public views this. Um, I'm well, interested to see. I don't know. We're 24, going to be 25. Yeah. And we were one, two. Yeah. When September 11th happened. And so you start to get that issue of like the newer generations that are coming in and becoming really passionate about things like this or like they may really be into golf. Like they weren't alive. Yeah. And so you're hearing these things as stories and you're getting taught them in class. And it's like, you know, getting taught about like a historical event, quote unquote. And I think that's a hard place to be um, emotionally for older generations to look at our generation and just be like, you guys don't understand. Yeah. And there's no way for you to understand. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. But I also, I also do want to point out the Saudi money and all of the like controversy around it, there's more ethical issues than one and less even, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. less even direct than America versus the Middle East. Um, 
there's there's a lot of oil money there's a lot of very like underground sort of funding that comes from sources that i think generally are illegal in many other countries um so ultimately you know all to say that this is very fresh and Mm -hmm. while i think it may and professional players seem to agree it may be good for the future of the sport like it's to be seen you know, what really plays out in terms of the relationship between Yasir and Jay, the administration of it and the funding. So, um, yeah, just wait and see. Yeah. All right. So on another front, um, this actually is super, super exciting to me. Um, the, College football schedules have come out, and Katie and I, as UCLA alumni, um, are looking at our future conference schedules for football. Um, So next week, we're going to kind of dive into, um, first of all, what's happening to the Mm -hmm. Pac-12, where a bunch of schools are moving, um, how all the leagues are going to kind of change over time, and then looking at um, what's in store for UCLA and USC, um, especially with travel and having to um kind of go across the country um i've already slotted my ohio state relatives to come to the rose bowl with me in 2024 so um i like i'm not joking at all i'm gonna go buy tickets to that game when they're available mm-hmm. um take everyone to the rose bowl so i'm really excited to get into that next week um but what's coming up this week in sports so Upcoming events um, in the next couple weeks, Formula One Canada. Interesting. Which might might get canceled. Um, obviously, as everyone knows, um, there is a huge wildfire um, problem oh, across Canada right now yeah. with smoke and everything. So um, we wish everyone health and safety um, who's being affected by that. But um, if they do cancel Formula One, obviously it's for a good reason. We'll all be sad. But um, people's safety is more important. Um, yeah. If it does happen, um, Daniel Ricardo is doing a um, like a broadcast show. So really cool. excited to tune into that. That's cool. I know. Um, have you seen the pictures? By the way, you just got back from New York. Did you get any of the smoke? Or I did. I was in New York City. I was there um, for like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, left on Sunday, the smoke hit on Tuesday. So wow. just missed it, um, got out of New York City. Um, and I, I mean, I don't mean to, to, to degrade anyone's experience, but um, as Californians, yeah. that's something that we were just really used to. So seeing all the photos and stuff of New York City, I was like, oh, yeah, like I remember that. I've been there. Yeah. I um, People that I work with in New York, they some of them had been telling me like, it's crazy. Like it was the worst air pollution at that moment in the world, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I 100% believe. And that's terrible. I mean, obviously I hope everyone stays safe. But to your point, like I grew up in LA County where while like I remember being a child and seeing a wildfire on the mountain, like behind my backyard. I mean, even just our what freshman year of yeah. UCLA, the Getty fire happened. And there was, I mean, like probably like a foot of ash on every like stair on campus and they oh, yeah. weren't going to cancel finals for yeah. us because it was finals week. So no, sure. um, 
throw on your mask, stay inside, pack right. a go bag if you need to. Right. Um, the Stanley Cup finals are going to continue. Game five is this Tuesday. So by the time this comes out, it will have been finished. And then game six is Friday, June 16th. So uh, should be exciting. I hope the Golden Knights pull it out. Just that's the closest proximity team that I would root for. Um, <laughs> but yeah, stay tuned on that. On the NBA front, um, the finals are continuing. So game five is coming up. And then game six would be Thursday the 15th. Um, right now, Denver's up 3-1. I don't think, Katie, that uh, the Heat <laughs> are going to pull through. I know, tough one. You lose two at home, it's like, what are you going to do? I know. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yep. Uh on the golf front uh, to come full circle um, the US Open is happening at the LA Country Club um, which to me it was like if any the UCLA practice course I believe is the LA Country Club mm-hmm. um, and so I was like oh shoot if any of the old like UCLA players are there yeah. they know that course like the back of their hand oh like, yeah Oh, yeah. So well. They know every tree. I mean, like, when I used to talk to them, they'd be like, yeah, that one tree on hole seven, that's a par four. (laughs) How do you know that tree? And they're like, yeah, they re-landscaped. And so now (laughs) Played it a thousand times. I know. Um, And then, finally, the Men's College World Series uh, will continue. All right. Um, thank you everyone for listening. Um, if you guys have time, please go on Spotify and Apple and rate our podcast five stars. Um, and we always want to hear from you. So, um, DM us, uh, text us, email us. Um, we are happy to hear from you and happy to hear whatever you guys have to say. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. We give little previews of episodes each week and some highlights, um, as well as some updates on Sports News Live. Uh, So if you are interested in listening or seeing us, go ahead, hop on socials, hop on YouTube. Um, And thank you to everyone who has supported us so far. Uh, Looking forward to this episode getting out. I know. I we have to end now because I have to update Katie on the uh, <laughs> wildest week of my life, and Katie has to hop on a plane in Woo! like ten minutes. So, see you guys next week. Bye, y'all. Bye.